With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and thanks a lot for tuning in to GigPod117. The first annual GigPod Awards for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It was recorded earlier this afternoon with myself, Rizzo and Spunkphone. So just a heads up, every pub was rammed because it was a bank holiday. Friday of course, and we couldn't exactly use any mics with it between us all. So we had to use like an external speaker. It picked up a lot of noise in the background, but hopefully you'll still be able to enjoy the pod and it was the right good laugh and it was all the ones that was determined by your votes on Instagram as well so enjoy it and we'll talk to you next week Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to the first annual GigPod Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Much like the similarly titled show hosted in Springfield by Charles Montgomery Burns, this is also an irrelevant farce. Mainly due to an award we must dish out that was clearly fixed so bad you have to wonder if the ghost of Jim Farry still has an influence on sporting <laughs> events in Scotland. Nevertheless, we will be professional and go on with this and respect the results which you, the listeners, had the final say on. So amazingly, we're all together IRL in real life, as they say, at an undisclosed location in Glasgow City Centre. We can only assume this establishment will shut down permanently when they realise it's GigPod that they've opened the doors to. So I'm Stevie, and joining me today, face to face, are Spunkphone and Rizzo. Spunkphone, can you give me any assurances that we won't have you doing a William Will Smith later on? Provided you keep Mexican Haley's name out your fucking mouth, Stevie, <laughs> we won't have any problems. Thank you, brother. Rizzo, you have an award to pick up later on. Will we get a speech off you where you actually pronounce someone's name correctly? Uh, the chances are that are slim and none. That's great to know I'm joined by two professional podcasters here. <laughs> but, um, okay, let's go on with it. Unlike UEFA, where awards are dished out after 10 hours of an intro, we've actually got to charge on and get the first one settled. So this is award one. This is like the first two awards we've got here are the gig pod player of the year and young player of the year. Now this is one where the listeners don't have any influence or effect on it. This is down to us free. I think you both know who I'm going to go with. The gig pod player of the year, in my opinion, was Callum McGregor. I've always said he's the best player in Scotland. Without him, we wouldn't have won the league. He's been our most important player by far. And we're very lucky to have him. But I don't know what you guys think. Rizzo, who is your gig pod player of the year? Uh, my player of the year is Cameron Carter-Vickers. Since he... Uh, <laughs> So he's been put off there by our host, but uh, since he joined we've been brilliant in defence, he's such a good player for us, the defence has been fantastic, we haven't Starfield, but Starfield hasn't scored a goal this season, Carl Vickers has scored a couple, he's probably scored the most important goal of the season as well, I brooks for that, 
great 2-1-1 and I just hope that we're able to get him signed up on a permanent deal and be a real terrible for us if we don't but he's been fantastic and he's my Celtic player of the year Spunk phone who is your gig pod player of the year? John you're wrong I hate to be the one to tell you that, but it is Callum McGregor. For every reason you've just listed off, Stevie, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, there was a few doubts about him as a as a captain when he was first, obviously, taking over that role last summer. Um, but he's he's been absolutely fantastic for us. Fantastic again the other night for Scotland as well. And oh no, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. Apparently he was invisible for Scotland and fans of a certain club who I would never criticise said that he was one of the worst players in the park, so you've got to take that in the effect, surely. They know more about football than we do, clearly, Stevie. He's um, better than Craig Gordon, anyway. <laughs> Listen, that, there's not a lot of people whose name is banned on this show, but I do not want to hear him ever again on here. Oh, I apologise. Unless we're scoring like 4 and 5, aren't we? Aye. <laughs> but aye, it, it, it's, it's Callum McGregor. Um, absolutely outstanding. Best footballer in Scotland by a country mile this season. And um, I, I, I can't look beyond him for my, my player of the year, Stephen. Sticking on with Callum McGregor now, if I can come to yourself, John. Now, you're outvoted two votes to one. Callum <laughs> McGregor is the gig pod player of the year. Well done to him. I'm sure that's his most accomplished accolade of all time. Better than being a title winning captain. Oh, of course, definitely. I'm sure we'll get him in this pub very, very soon, of course. But focusing on McGregor here, what would you say his moment of the season was that just, you know, put him head and shoulders above everyone else in Scotland. Well, it has to be that uh, build-up to Tom Rogic's goal against Rangers at Ibrox. I mean, I know we've talked about that game a lot, but and unlike others, I want to sell it to win that game, it wouldn't be satisfied with a draw. But, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's only about one pint and you've turned into a hard man already. That's my second pint. But, uh, no, that game was huge. I mean, when people forget just how important that game was. And Celtic winning it, and we got off to a bad start. But McGregor took the game with a scruff of the neck, drove us forward. He doesn't do that a lot. I mean, I know he's a brother, but doesn't he always get forward a lot? He does a lot of his better stuff in the middle of the park. It's because he's new role, though, under Ange. Well, that's true, but he doesn't always get forward But he ended up doing a brilliant run that led to uh, Hitachi's shot getting saved, and then Rodgers won't equalise it. No, that was his moment of the season for me because that completely changed that game. We dominated the rest of the first half, and thanks to Cameron Carter Vickers, my player of the year, we won the game and the second half as well. But no, that was brilliant by McGregor. That was his moment of the year for me. Okay, I'm not going to ask you the same questions, Punk Phone, but what I'm going to ask is John touched on it in terms of we don't see Cal McGregor advancing forward a lot anymore, and he generally dictates the play from deep. Do you think next season he'll continue that role under Ange? Or do you think next season Andrew may be signing an enforcer, a deep line playmaker, allowing Callum McGregor to sort of advancing in the last third, like we saw him do against Livingston in March, where he was so effective and he was like the Callum McGregor of old and he was such a threat against them. Do you think we'll see that next season or do you think he would be tried and trusted in the role he was in in the first season under Andrew? It's an interesting one because I think at the start of the season, I wasn't the biggest fan of him playing deeper as the, the kind of number six, if you like. Um, I know he's accomplished that role, but I used to think he'd done a lot of his best work actually getting forward. But the way he grew into that role this season, as we said, he was the outstanding footballer in Scotland this season as well. I think maybe, you know, in Europe, for example, you could maybe deal with someone who, who is um, a bit more an enforcer, a bit more a kind of, um, as you say, an enforcer in there. Can kind of break up the play, but and, and then maybe play McGregor a bit further forward. But I, I think when it comes to domestically, the bread and butter stuff in the league, he's been outstanding playing Scotland in that role, and he'll continue to be next season, I think. But whether or not Ange maybe does look to, to bring someone in that role, then um, I suppose we'll see. But I, I just think with how good he's been there this season, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a necessity that we do that, but I think it might benefit us in, in Europe, for example. But I suppose we'll wait and see. Award number two, similar, but this time it's the young player of the year. I think all three of us are going to be unanimous in who it's going to be. I'll kick us off. I think the young player of the year for Celtic this season was Leela Bada in terms of his impact. He didn't really have much of a pre-season. He was rushed in before the game. Again, I'm going to turn into Rizzo here against uh, Midgetown. <laughs> I think I got that one right there. But and he scored in that game? He did. No, he, he came in 48 hours before that. He didn't have a pre-season, as I said, and he was brought in for like over 3 mil. He scored in that game, 
and I reckon next season, going to be a pre-season, he's going to be even more effective for us, he'll be fantastic. Now that he knows the league inside out and he's got a relationship with the players and he's a winner, a double winner. But I think Leila Bader is much... Wingers are, are quite strange, right, because I know they get pelted, they're saying they're inconsistent and a lot of... You look at Michael Johnson, for example, he's got all the talent in the world, but he's the end product's been poor, especially this season. I don't think you can look at any Celtic winger this season and say they haven't delivered. Because you look at a bad goals and assists, you look at Jota, both of them have been absolutely fantastic. It, it exceeded expectations. But Leela Bada, for me, considering where he was, a total unknown, he became one of our most important players of the season. And to this day, he still gave me my favourite moment of last season, which was that goal against Rangers in the 3-0 game. But I just reacted, still an absolute lunatic. I've not went that mental mm -hmm. against Rangers in some time. So, Lula Bada is my gigpod young player of the year. Spunk for go with yourself first and not read so. Who's yours? Lula Bada. I'm in complete agreement with yourself again, Steve. It's a, a record we're on for here. Um, every reason, again, that you've, you've listed off there. I think Angie even said himself um, earlier on in the season as well. He didn't expect a bad to come in and actually play as much as he did. but with the form contributions in terms of his numbers, his goals and assists, you know, it was undroppable virtually for, for most of the season. You know, he made his first, I think, international start last night as well, got a goal again. As you say, I think he'll go for to strength to strength next season. I think we'll see an even even better Lila Bada um, next season. But no, absolutely sensational. And for once, I'm going to say, Dudu Dahan, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you're going to make it three out of three here? Uh, yes, Lila Bada for me, and what I think was probably the best thing he done this season was during that time between December and like February when we didn't have a striker, uh, Gigi landed up on the team eventually, but for a long time he was injured as well. Abada stepped up and scored. I mean, if you look at that St. Johnson game that I've talked about and Hamish has talked about, that was so important for us. He scored twice that day and ended up playing up front when uh, Kyogo went off after 10 minutes. So he scored twice that game. He, he scored that goal against Dungeon United as well, which is probably the most important goal of the season when you think about it. I mean, if we hadn't took advantage of Rangers slam up that day, I don't know if we'd have had the, like the momentum to go and hammer that we did in midweek. I mean, we still probably, maybe would have beat them, but we wouldn't have had that momentum. And that goal was so important. I mean, we only had 10 men that day as well. People forget about that. But we only had 10 men. Wait a minute, would that be... The wonderful Neil Beaton who never lets us down. <laughs> Letting us down he that game. Off, yes. He was always a cool head, mate. Always a cool <laughs> head under pressure. Actually, he scored as well, eh, Abada. Against Ross County, remember one with 10 men? He was up front because we had so many injuries. 1-0. No. He, he made it 1-0, aye. And, I mean, he scored that goal against Rangers that you went mad over. He scored the game after that as well against Motherwell. That game we were off. 4-0. Oh, that game we were thinking ourselves going to do what we've done in the past and, like, beat Rangers and then sort of... Like the momentum, will, the levels will drop, like we did against Motherwell years ago when Lenny was the manager. But he scored first, we beat him 4 nothing, And he's been brilliant for us. I mean, I know he didn't score that many goals towards the end of the season, but we didn't have other players stepped up. But no, he was brilliant this season. We paid a lot of money for him, and he was young, so it was a big gamble. But it's worked, and I think when he eventually leaves, I've seen a bit. Crystal Palace is supposed to interest in him, but I, I heard him saying he's no, like, he wants to stay at Celtic for a while. So. I think when he leaves, we'll end up getting a lot of money from him because he's still young. And if he does well in the Champions League next season, which I think he could, then I think we'll easily get at least £10 million from him. But I hope that's not for a while yet. But for a first season, when a guy that's only 20 and only signed for us at 19, he's been fantastic for us. a brilliant signing. Well, I think the success of Real Abada is all down to his... I don't know what the situation is. Monk when this is where you'll come in handy, you know about... His love life with that lassie, <laughs> uh, his ex. No, I saw on Instagram. Bear in mind that I'm old and out of touch here, but I know you'll be more in tune with this. Am I not right in saying she was watching him? She wished him well. And am I not right in also saying that Abada has been his absolute best when he's got out with that lassie? Aye, so she was she was in the stadium last night by the looks of it and, and did wish him well. So I can only assume that they've uh, put their differences aside and got back together. I don't know anything about any Celtic players girlfriend, so... I, I, it's not really for me to stick my beak in and all that, but the Abada one is very well 
publicised and documented the space. I don't follow any other uploads on Instagram either. So it's a real low point for this podcast here, isn't it? Discussing a bad is lovely. <laughs> so wait a minute, if you don't follow Celtic players on Instagram, who do you follow on Instagram? Uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll I think we'll leave that one there and we'll move on to award three now. Every award from here on in, unfortunately, is decided by the listeners. Now, Apart from one, the amateur up just prior to the recording. Right, okay, I will get John. We'll get to your wee moment soon, okay? Thank you. Now, two moments because I've got my award as well. I know we've only got to miss that, would we? We wouldn't. <laughs> Just uh, get Spunkbones awards and just stick, stick to me. Thanks. If you're, all, if you're all still listening, everyone, thanks. I don't know how you're putting up with us. Um, so award three is the Gigpod Fans Song of the Year. Now, second place was Jota on the Wing with 33%. But, delighted to report, now, the listeners, when it came to the votes, they had some howlers. We're not going to talk about that right now, but they had some shockers. They got the right decision here. Josip Juranovic to the tune of uh, Pitbull, Fireball, featuring Jonathan Ryan, 37%, and justified, it's the best Celtic song by far, Rizzo, do you, you agree? Have you met him, by any chance? Joseph Durant? Joseph Durant, uh, no comment. Well, as a great... <laughs> God, that'd be great, what a dream. <laughs> no, as a brilliant song, and unfortunately, uh, I have to go back to that wedding that I memorably went to. Hold on, you... A wedding? You? Yes, and on the train back with my cousin, apparently I was singing that Joseph Durant song non-stop. I might get you a drink now, that's actually brownie points. But I, don't, I don't remember then, because I was very, very drunk. And apparently I was annoying a guy and woman that was sitting across the face. I was <laughs> singing so loudly, my cousin kept telling me to stop singing, and apparently I was it. But Joseph Durant, thank you for inspiring me to sing on a train. Uh, annoy people, so well done to the gig, Todd Wars. <laughs> now, before I come on, Spunk Fawn, to ask you about your opinion on that song, I am surprised that the Kyogo Abada scooter song only gets 16%. I thought that would have been higher, but what a, the GG song is last on the list. I think that's an absolute shocker. Don't like it to the, to the song, I think, of Nina's 99 Luft Balloons, Jackie Marcus Come From Greece. I think that's a terrible song. There's also one, I think a lot of our scooter songs this season, and the music choices by our fans have been for the most part, very good, but that real hitati to the song of Weekend is so bad as well. So I wasn't even including that in the words. Have you heard that one? Do you know the one I'm talking about? I can't say it though. Actually. I don't know. Probably for the best. Yeah, you're one of the lucky ones. Good day. Uh, well done for calling the song 99 Roof Balloons and no 99 Red Balloons, by the way. I've made no secret of the fact in the past that I'm a big fan of Mr. Worldwide. But um, no, I've, I've made clear, as I said, that I'm a big fan of, of uh, the pit. In the past, I really do want to become play the hydro. For some reason, Mr. Worldwide doesn't want to come to the UK. Um, but that's an issue for another another show. Um, but I do think the listeners have got that one right now. Today, so I can't believe really him and Paramore are completely different. I like in every way whatsoever. I like an eclectic mix, John. <laughs> I'll move on to our Ward Four. And again, if you're still with us, thank you for putting up with the noise of. So I think you said was it fans that are going to see Queen or something? Yeah. Not as in the Queen, but Queen the band? No, not a wonderful monarch, but uh, the band Queen who are playing uh, the night at the Hydro, so... With Adam Paul Lambert. With Adam Paul Lambert. So hopefully they sing We Are The Champions, which Celtic of course are. And Gigpod are the champions of podcasts as well. Right, so award four is the Gigpod fans' goal celebration of the year. The winner was Lee Labada running to the fans in any corner after his goal, beating the iconic GG Slide, beating the... Medea anime thing that he does. Great oh. <laughs> <Direct> message. <laughs> and uh, sadly, in that last place, the one I voted for, was JJ's wee ear thing that he does after his goal. That wee thing where he runs and sticks his fingers on his ear. Now, I thought it was an actual goal celebration, but no one that a player does regularly. Well, I mean, a bad run into the fans, he pretty much does that after Well, mine's is a bad. Well, mine would be when a bad scored against us United. Yeah, the the that's what he aye. generally does, doesn't it? And even took his shuttle, which he doesn't usually do. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Did, you, did you like that? Aye? Oh, definitely, I. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> and Jota ran into the crowd as well that day. Uh, and JJ was backing him up. He did, that's right. Well, what about JJ's sort of. Does he not do a sort of celebration like that? Aye? Literally, he just said that, that he puts his fingers in his ears and it came last. So I wasn't happy with that, but. No, that's wrong. I did think the GG slide was going to win it. I mean... It should have. 
It reminds me of sort of a Chris Sutton celebration that he always done where he sort of... A fist pump? I ran a circle and done a fist pump. I mean, he done it at Ibrox after a minute when we scored there. We get beat 3 2. We beat 3 2. So I ran in a circle and done a fist pump. Well, you would have been born then, would you? No, and I was at that game. You may have been as well. I was there. I was well, well, December there, 2002. Right. Were well, you born then? Yes. Are we normally like one or something? Three. Well, remember it well. You're still as mature as what you were then, anyway, I suppose. But yeah, what would you say every day for Spunk Phone was the goal celebration of the year? I don't think the listeners have got it wrong there, Stevie. I'm in agreement with you. Again, um, yeah, I can manage this easily. And if I was pick, picking a, a, a specific one, it'd be when he scored that hat trick. He's done the Well, is it? Uh, We're just getting on with this podcast here. Loving the bad guys to their tap We're trying to appreciate the Celtic players for being real men. This used to be a country, John, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've, I've seen some changes, mate. I've seen some changes. <laughs> Right, I've got to move on, okay? I thought that was not an actual goal celebration. No, like an actual player celebration. I thought it was an actual celebration of a goal, but... You, you, you try to say I have done a reads over the communication has been a letdown here? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, it must run in the podcast then, clearly. Craig Taylor's against Rangers is a good one, because it was so weird. We'll not talk about the rest of that game, obviously. No, I, oh, I'm going to talk about that game later, by the way, so... Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a great show, I guess. Okay, award five. This is where it gets funny. Say well, that. Maybe. Well, I say that in inverted commas. Gig Pod fans, regional moment of the year. Boom! That is comedy. It's 7%. <laughs> That's the best one. Colin Dyson Maeda, my dear, a direct message. <laughs> 11%. Good part of me. 15%. Is that bloody subway order? I'll talk about that in a minute. Right, okay, you can talk about them all. Is that your low point of the season, John? But, <laughs> very fitting, 67% oh. was <coughs> high end. So there we are. So, let's talk about them all from your perspective. Let's <laughs> pick your brain a bit here, John. Give me a second to line, give me a second to line this psychologist couch here. <laughs> right, so, boom, that is comedy. Where did that come from? I think it was for Twitter or so. Okay, next. Um, Colin Maeda, Medea, I mean, did you ever stop at one point, right? I did stop at one point because there's a podcast called Pronouncing the Right Message Correctly. So, I can't remember why I done it. I think I just done it by mistake. But isn't it a gimmick, you know, folks? How but, many mistakes did you make? Oh, <laughs> 50 times? Well, I agree to do the podcast for one, is it, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> now, let's have it right. <laughs> right, no, it's And then that bloody subway order. Right, no. The reason I got that subway was to prevent me from getting absolutely steaming that night. But tell the listeners what happened that night. That went well. Tell the listeners what happened. I failed twice. I managed to fall twice, get up the road. So after we beat the Rangers at Ibrox. So that that, the night as well you met Ryan John McGinley. Uh, it was. It was. Aye. Did we not meet him after this Hearts game as well? I don't know about that. Anyway, that's right, okay. nothing against Ryan, of course. That's oh, right, important. Okay. It's about you and that bloody subway. Well, come on, come on. Why was I leaving the veggie patty in that? I don't use the bottle of veggie patty, but then I've, so I've stopped eating subways, you know, because they... Well, they when they you fucking look at your, your order. They don't agree with me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neither do the listeners. <laughs> right, okay, so the last one. Right, okay, now. Nothing, I just said... What was I meant to say? I mean, that big massive throat clearing. Well, I did have a frog in my throat. <laughs> but I thought, I don't want to... Uh, <laughs> don't want to sound daft, but then I made myself sound even more daft by going, eh, hey, hi Ange, apparently I call only Dales and the rest of the, uh, the listeners. <laughs> no, me and Ange going great, he's a great guy. I don't know if he said uh, hello mate at that time. Or he he said hi mate. Hi mate, I will. So despite- no, the person I've spoken to the other most times apart from Ange is uh, Charles Joe Hart. Every time I do the pod, every time I do the uh, press conference, it's nearly, all, nearly always Charles Johar. So uh, he's another. I'll need to say hi, Charles. And I did a podcast. And, and also for the listeners in this one, do I explain Charles Johar? That is his name. Charles. That is his actual shoot, as they say in the biz name, Charles Joseph Hart. But I don't know why. Look, it's Johar. I don't know. Must have been. Did you not also say Henry Larson's shoot name is Edward? Edward. His name is Edward Henry Larson. I mean, just imagine our greatest strike ever being called. Living a lie. Living a lie being called Edward Larson. Just, just wouldn't be the same. 
Indeed, Jonathan, it's shocking. <laughs> I'm not Jonathan. Spunk phone, did the fans get it right with the Reedzo moment of the year? Tell you what, they were spoiled for choice in that category, Stevie. <laughs> but I, I think they did get it right. Even better than we um, gone for a, a sandwich whenever they was getting Stevie after the Rangers. I'm, I'm a big fan of the subway order. Not in that way, obviously. <laughs> From a gimmick perspective, I'm a big fan of it. I would just across the road for the pub as well. I'm a big fan of boom at his comedy. Thank you, brother. It, it's the, the moment runs. It's iconic now. So I think the listeners did get that one right, Stephen. Okay, well here's here's the the bit where they didn't get right. It's the Gig Pod Fans Legend of the Year award. I, oh wait, I've I just realised. I didn't get Rizzo's award. He has to get his award. He has to get his award. Here we go. Rizzo, you got an award. So this is for your eight high end. We get six to seven percent, and Funko's got his award as well. We did all chip in, and because you have uh, nearly murdered the nation of Japan, we hideously pronouncing my surname. We thought it would be a, a very appropriate to get you this DVD, which is The Sinking of Japan. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll love that, John. Uh, yes. Thank you, brother. I'll, uh, I'll treasure this forever. Yes, we should be framing that. So there you go. That is your award. The Sinking of Japan by... Uh, put it in the newest available bin when we leave the pub. The Sinking of Japan by the coward, John Reed. <laughs> right, so, unfortunately, you would think, you know, myself and Rizzo being the backbone of Gig Pod. We are Gig Pod, actually. Yeah, we are the Gig Pod. And unfortunately, there's uh, fans out there that clearly don't appreciate our input, in, yeah, input even, for this wonderful podcast. It's three years we never criticise. But no, with 35% of the vote, the fans voted, and Reed, so I'm going to ask your opinion here. They voted Spunkphone as the Gig Pod legend of the year. Have they got it right or have they got it wrong? Uh, because, uh, hi Ange, because he's uh, sitting beside me, I'll say they've got it right. But only because he was willing to do a podcast from you on a Saturday night, I think it was after Hearts plays in the first game of the season. Ross Drew were away, uh, <laughs> and uh, that was a terrible, terrible night. Me and you were just so depressed and miserable and we thought we were going to have a terrible season. But just for doing that podcast on a Saturday night, while you were at a wedding, Spunkphone deserves his award, in my opinion. John, thank you. <laughs> Spunkphone, how do you get an acceptance speech for this? Well, first of all, Stevie, uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget John Reid. <laughs> John Reid said to me, you know, when you become a, a gig pod podcaster, spunk phone, you're a leader of the men and a leader of the people, and uh, just very proud to be here for you today, so thank you very much. Well, spunk phone, you have got an award. Again, we all chipped in, spent a ridiculous amount of money for this award, and I know you're a big fan of this particular movie. We're going to talk about it next. The award is a special edition of the Football Factory. So congratulations on that award. You're trying to mug me off, Stephen. <laughs> no, let's have it right. <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. I will, I will treasure that. I'm going to work my way through the uh, bonus features once I'm up the road for the what, pub. The bonus features in the back of it. What one stands out the most? Audio commentary with Danny Dyer. Here we go. Daniel Dyer. Daniel Dyer, sorry. <laughs> that was spoiled for choice here. Um, <laughs> The making of the football factory, I think there'll be some fun sort of behind the scenes content there. So um, that's that's tickled my fancy, Stephen. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I say, I'll, I'll walk my way through this later on. And I'll give the listeners a full review over on Twitter. Thank you, brother. Right, okay. Now we also did a bonus vote, which was Gigpod fans' football factory quote of the year. Now I was really surprised with us, right? And this is where me and you come into our zone here, Spunk Phone. We'll start with where finished last one, 12%, just a name though, innit? I'm surprised at that, right? 19%, this is where I think the fans have really got it wrong. Let's have it right. Yeah, let's have it right with the fans. They're trying to mug us off, mate. I've seen some changes, I'll tell you that, but I mean. Now, nah, here, listen, I didn't mean anything by it, it was just a bubble. That was third, just a bubble. No, second, sorry, second, that was second. But do you know what uh, What one came first? Lemon. Spell it, exactly. you cunt. Exactly. Spell it, you cunt. 45%. Well, I'm going to actually just say the reason that was so highly voted was because there was a swear word in it. I, I, that's all I can think of. 
Because it's like, while that seems good and it's iconic, mm-hmm. I think Let's Have It Right is the most used gig pod phrase. So, explain yeah. to the listeners why he's going to be the football factory so much. Punk one, you can take over this one. I, I just think it's one of the most quotable movies ever, John. Um, it was actually, to be fair, long time listener of the show, Recourse, that used to use the part quite a bit. Um, and I would just kind of stole it for him, essentially. <laughs> you can count this as you getting credit, Recourse. Now Ricos does deserve credit as football fact. He, he was thinking Ricos was doing videos and all that, and Gigpod did actually eventually start using them. But Ricos became too big for the football factory, and it's now accounts like us that are using it because he has surpassed <laughs> legend status on it. Weirdly enough, I've got a football factory related anecdote, but it's not very good, really. Hold your hands and start them then, John. <laughs> Hold your hands out, John. I went to some ridiculous media course once to try and get uh, a job, which didn't work. And we once made a video that was based on a, some song that had dialogue from Football Factory in it. So we made a music video based on a song that had, a, I think it was for the soundtrack, I don't know the song, that's got dialogue from Football Factory in it. And a guy who was another Celtic fan punched me in the video because we were doing a recreation of Football Factory. Did they actually mug you off? No, it was fake, obviously. Right. I he really punched me. So, and uh, casual violence, it was called. Sounds like fancy themselves in bandit country. That's the only thing I remember. It was called casual violence, and uh, I ended up not getting any job. Was due to the course, so well done to that. That's my football. So what you try to say? I get mugged off. It is all. You're a, you're an actual hooligan. Yes. <laughs> John, so John Reed, part of the Chelsea so head. The football factory. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now one of the awards. I get this. We'll actually get away from the awards. On Instagram, I'm going to be doing a sort of video talking about the people that tweeted in regarding their favourite game, game they hated the most this season, the best atmosphere and the best music moment at Celtic Park. We got a lot of people messaging in on GigPod saying what they were for the categories. So I'm going to go to do a wee Instagram video, talk about them, see what ones I agreed with and what ones I could relate with, especially with the best music moment. So, so much content. What a, what a lucky bunch of listeners. So I, that, that, by the way, that side of the awards is now done so this is just more something for you guys as well to talk about on here as a live pod and then I'll collate all the messages from the listeners and talk about them in the Instagram video which I spoke about earlier so if I can both ask you right I'll start with you Spunk Phone what was your favourite game this season? I think there's only one choice here Steve to be honest it was the, the 3-0 game in February um, okay. under the lights atmosphere was Unbelievable, and we'll come on to obviously the question about atmosphere. But um, we got obviously the early goal through Hitati, then two rapid goals again from Hitati, and then a badder as well. With one of the kind of moments of the season, um, but yeah, that, that that was the point in the season. Um, when I first thought that's it, you know, we're gonna go on us. I know we'd been on a bit of a run obviously before then, since September or October, but that was the point I really thought. We're going to run away with us now, if you like, and that for me was my moment of the season. Just the whole game, atmosphere, yeah. the night out after it as well. Fantastic. Where did you end up after it? Ended up in the uh, Glasgow's wonderful West End. It's leafy. In, in the leafy End. West End. <laughs> Stevie. The leafy um, suburbs. And then an unnamed establishment wouldn't let us in because I had colours on under my jacket. So I ended up back at my pals. Imagine um, going out, go out to pubs with Killers on. It would never be me. Never. I can't believe by the way you've not got a Celtic related outfit on the days. It's unbelievable. It's a miracle. Yeah, to everyone, I am wearing a yellow New Balance top. Mustard, I'd say it is actually. Mustard. No yellow. Have you seen the top uh, punk phones, Ben? Imagine. I'm all even. <laughs> <laughs> right, Reed, so what was your favourite game of the season? Well, second place. Because he never done a second choice. Oh, I don't, give me the first choice. Come on, the one at Ibrox. The one at Ibrox. Okay. I mean, even though I didn't watch the second half of it, as everybody knows, where I just put my head in my hands, it was a brilliant one. And even better was the night out after it, where we all uh, get very drunk in a, a bunch of unnamed uh, public bars. But no, that was just, that was great. I mean, we had to win the game. First one at Ibrox for years. First one at Ibrox since 2019, I think. Ah, uh, with Bad Old Lenny. 
Well, when Lenny was the manager, I and he's turned to a gold down, which is never easy at Ibrox. And no, that was just great. Uh, Saying half of a rock solid. And what happened after it made it even better. So, no, especially the subway. But no, that was. <laughs> that's my game of the year by far. I, I'll. Uh, it's no my choice for any of the other games, but no, I loved that game and I loved it. It was a 10 out of 10 day, as we said on GigPod at the time. And do you also know that after that particular game at Ibrox, it's still the most downloaded GigPod episode ever? Well, it's our best episode, I think. Right, that was, aye, was a bit well, aye, not having this joker <laughs> on it. Oh no, that was a good. That was uh, probably my favourite episode that I've done as well. Because we got to talk about the game, and we got to talk about all the ridiculousness that happened with us after the game. We didn't even talk about me falling over twice, so... Uh, penalty, no. penalty to Rachel. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been a penalty for Tav there if, if some would fall over. But no, that was a brilliant, brilliant... Uh, that was a brilliant day, a brilliant game. and Even in the pub, when I was cel- the way we were celebrated when we scored, it was even you, a supposedly calm guy. Well, even me, who supposedly like, doesn't get... Like, uh, doesn't go in about Celtic a lot, which is a lie. We were all celebrating like crazy so no that was that was my favourite by a mile and is it your favourite as well? You know I didn't expect me to We need your we need your opinion as well. I didn't expect you to add anything my opinion Mark. No no you're the you're half of Gigpod, a third of Gigpod like they do us so what's your <laughs> favourite game of the year? I think my favourite game was beating St Johnson 7-0 actually oh. 7-0 game was my favourite game, just in terms of now the reason for it, as I was in total relaxed anyway, and I expected us to gub them. But <laughs> after... That's not, that's, no. No, look, after beating Rangers at The same guy that deleted our 40 for gig pod Instagram, you were so relaxed, because we no, were celebrating, celebrating I think nine points my and you bottled it. Yeah, I think it was my favourite game for the performance and the message we sent out after oh, we beat okay. Rangers. We did, we did meet our good pal Dales after it as well. But I was genuinely, you know, it was the game against Rangers, as much as I couldn't enjoy the game because I was that stressed during it and it was, uh, it was so nerve-wracking, but I was so appreciative to the team and obviously getting the three points, but it was... It was brutal. Like it was just like a, it was a stressful experience. So you can understand why I just sat with my head in my hand. No, I can. I can totally. <laughs> I can totally get it. Genuinely, I can totally get it. So I think this St. Johnson seven 0 just for everything that the display the team put on that Matt O'Reilly goal, the way we just started with purpose and intent to do them and kill the game in the first twenty minutes. Great attitude for the team, and it was the moment where I realised as much as you know we put so much into beating Rangers, but. Just like when we beat Motherwell at Fur Park, it was the next game after it, you had to show that strength to do a team after it. And we did it against Motherwell, we did it against St Johnson, I think. All in all, it was my favourite. And it was my first time ever at the standing section. Um, oh, sure. You and Hamish? Me and Hamish. I've never been there. It was a wonderful 102, of course. But the standing section in there was, was great after a, a national rope first five minutes where somebody screamed and bawled at us for standing <laughs> in their place. We... Um, Recovered all you right. your history for that, of course. We won't talk about it, but Amanda showed at your Ibrox as well, of course. Uh, uh, 2011, of course. Thanks for that, Lenny. Right. <laughs> so, this one's a standout, if you do ask me. The game you hated the most. I have to say the Scottish Cup defeat at uh, Hamden to uh, those European Cup, Europa League finalist Rangers. That just drove me mad. I mean, for a start, we didn't play well at all. I had the flu. So I couldn't even go and watch it with the, the rest of the, the Celtic Treasy gang. So say, I'm going to go and get a violin at the bar, right? Thank you, brother. But I had the flu, so I had to watch it in the house. But what a goal up, thanks to Greg Taylor, which was just unexpected. Then CCB hit the bar, and then that's it. We didn't do anything else. We did nothing for the rest of the game. We let Scott, we let Scott Arfield score, which was truly annoying because I just don't like him at all. Starfield scored an OG. I won't criticise him for that because he was unlucky. Like we lost uh, JJ as well, the injury. We lost Greg Taylor even injury. I mean, who I know people slag him, he's a big player for us. And I think that win gave Rangers a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. I don't think, well, no mind this the Rangers podcast, by the way. I know that some people would love that because a lot of Celtic fans like to talk about Rangers. And if we'd have beat them, which we should have, number one, we'd have won the treble because to what I saw in that cup final, Hartsford. Jobbers. When we beat them four one, parts were jobbers apart for the first ten minutes. So we don't want to trade on Angels first season and I don't think they had such a good end of the season by getting to the Open League final and drawing us at Parkgate. 
and we should have won. And but the, the worst part was we were getting the game full of confidence, weren't we? Because what we would beat St. Johnson seven nine the week before, haven't we? Yeah, that was the game before it. That was the game before it. And yeah. we were full of confidence. I didn't think for a minute we'd lose. I was even and like Rangers fans that I know were saying I have thought we were going to eat up. They'd just played 120 minutes. They played 120 minutes, but with the way we'd beat them. I've got scouts for four. They even thought they were going to get gubbed, and we should have beat them, and we didn't. And it really, really pissed me right half. I don't usually get annoyed when they say like, "Don't, don't win games," because I'm a mature guy, of course. It's very sensible. <laughs> it really pissed me off, and I flew off the handle. Let's say, like I did uh, when I shouted at you in the pub that time. <laughs> Funny, did you say you flew off the handle at me? But I can't even remember. That's right. I flew off the handle. Was that memorable? Well, when you were going about is getting drawn at drawn Ibrooks in injury time that time. But you were right because I think. Thank you. If we were into that running, not six points clear to three points clear. Exactly. I would have been a nightmare. Exactly. You already were, but <laughs> you were. And you run up to the Ross County game. You were a nightmare. Text me non-stop. Like about seventeen players were injured, but. Uh, <laughs> I flew off the handle in a group chairman with some Rangers fans, which I really should leave. But I won't because I'm the bigger man. <laughs> and uh, that game just frustrated the hell out of me. So Spunk won't tell his, and I'll hear it on when I listen to the podcast and they go to the toilet. <laughs> right, Spunk on the floor is yours. So I'm going to go on a, a, a slightly different one here, Stephen. Um, no offence, John. I was hoping you'd be away by the time I started here. Um, I'm going to go with a 0-0 with uh, St. Mirren in December. Is is a surprising one. Um, I I, I had a a think about this one. Um, And John obviously mentioned earlier on the the show, um, the podcast that me and him had done after Tynecastle on the opening day. That was a low point, but it was was so early on. Um, uh, and, And just by the time we got to that sort of run in December, St Mirren obviously you remember the, the run up to it had been kind of battle with Covid so would he to be fair by the time we went into that game but I don't know it, it, it was just at that point we were obviously chasing and chasing and chasing Rangers and we'd been on this brilliant run where we hadn't lost since to say, end of September early October and I just felt after that night that was the lowest I think I felt after the game this season I actually didn't see most of the game I actually listened to quite a lot in the radio amazingly um, in 2021 had there been yeah, you know I mean? December 2021, you're um, listening to the radio. I know, living in the past, mate. I'm a relic. Seen some changes anyway. <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I'd go with that draw um, with St Mirren. That was the lowest I'd felt after any game. I just felt as if it was just almost getting away from us. And we're chasing and chasing and chasing, as I say. It felt at that point as if we were just never going to... Rangers won some like eight games in a row as well. Aye, it, it just felt at that point that we were never going to catch them. And then obviously, by the start of February, we had so... Thank you, Ange, I was wrong. So, the game I hated the most is probably one that a lot of the listeners, and especially those who watch 6 and 7 Hail Hail, will no doubt remember my face. It was tripping me at the end of February when we drew 0 0 at Easter Road, and it was only a few hours later that I was back to normal and cheered up. Um, thank you for that, Motherwell FC. Absolutely a top 6 team. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, great. Alan Burrows, thank you. Masterminded that. <laughs> That game against Hibs at Easter Road, to this day, like, the reason I'm explaining this one right is because defeat against Rangers just annoyed me, but Rangers were the better team, and they deserved a win. The game against St Mirren that Spunkfone just said, it was infuriating, but we had a lot of players out injured, so, and a lot of players out with Covid too even, so I could kind of accept that, and it's just one, it was one of the games. Now the game against Hibs at Easter Road, we never created a thing. Like, against St Mirren, we still had a couple of clear-cut chances, and we just didn't have a striker to take them, right? But see, against Hibs, it was so infuriating to watch, because they are a bad, bad team. Hibs aren't, again, Hibs like Murrow aren't a top six team. They're poor. Um, we didn't do anything at all to put them under pressure. We didn't get a shot and goal. We registered nothing. It was a poor performance, where all we did was get the ball out in the centre, play out wide, we had Dyson Maeda as a number nine, and we just kept launching ball after ball into him. And that's not the position he plays, and not even that. All our fans were all raging and moaning that Dyson Maeda after it, as if it was his fault. It was a, a horrible game, and as I say, that was the moment after that, having the Cobb I was very close not to do it. 
I just didn't want to let him down, but I remember saying to Hamish, look, I, I can't fake this, I am gutted after that, because I just felt Rangers were going to go and beat Motherwell, and they were just going to get, you know, so much confidence for that, and we were going to go in the down, and um, going to go in the sort of downward spiral after it, but, amazingly, a few hours later, Rangers went on to Drew 2-2 with Motherwell, and it kind of, in a way, like salvaged does. And I remember thinking after, right, as long as we beat Livingston the week after, we don't have any more of these stupid slip-ups, we'll be fine. And to be fair to Ange and the team, they didn't. I mean, the only game I think we drew after in the league was against Rangers at home, that was another let-off. Well, but I even, as well, but... Again, yeah, Dundee United won this nearly like count, we've done our job there, but... Yeah, i got to say, I mean, that, so that was the game I hated the most. It was Easter Road in February, which was just an all match. Briefly... I didn't see that in the Mirren game because I, re- I remember I think it was Owens at Mirren TV or something. It's a point I touched on actually myself. Oh, I listened to most of it in the radio. So did I. So, oh, uh, there we go. Humbly, what and uh, the old bastards here. <laughs> well, I, have a, I have a dodgy uh, stick. Well, I, 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 so, so have I know, but I didn't have back then. So I just listened to the radio. And the Hibs game, I was in London. So I only saw the last 20 minutes of that game. But I remember texting you, Julian, and you were going about how absolutely rubbish we were. And so in the last two minutes, we had one chance, or a half chance, when I think somebody had a shot and it deflected off. Eh, guys, no, he was, he was offside, he was in an offside position. And we'd done nothing, and I remember takes you after it, and I thought, I will blow the leak. Just like you thought as well, we thought we'd blow the leak. But then I was doing something in London, I think it was at some arty farty art gallery or some shit like that. Eh, the Queen's Jubilee's a day, mate, so you know. Oh, I wish I was in London anyway. God save the Queen. <laughs> I remember it came through to each with Rangers. I thought, I can't believe it. They blew when They blew it. We were probably going to win the league. And they just drew with Dortmund at home as well. To they drew with Dortmund at home, I think. They were, they were beating Motherwell 2 nothing, And I thought, well, that, no, that would have been his equal in points, wouldn't it? Um, I think you might be right. Because we were three points ahead. Because we went six ahead and we won yes, it. Yes, yes. Really. So we had a bit of goal difference, but I thought, oh, they're going to... Like, oh, we blew it, it's a, right, it's a nightmare. But then it came through, they drew enough, well, we've got a chance. And then we beat St. Martin in midweek. Then we won at Livingston. And I think Livingston, just like you said, I think that was a game where I actually thought, apart from Ibrooks, but when we beat Livingston comfortably, really, I thought, we're going to win this league. But no, for what I saw, that was game, we were terrible. And it was a really un-Celtic, like, performance. I don't know what it's... When you look at the first game at Easter Road, another game that was going telly, I mean, they'll text you again and they were like three nothing up after 30 minutes. Like, it was a completely different performance. Is that when Jack shit Ross was the manager of Hibs? He was, aye. But Sean also shit Mulwini was the manager and we drew it on each of them. So, uh, and they were rubbish under Mulwini. As you said, then they finished top six. And I don't know why we struggle against them at Easter Road so much when they're crap, basically. But no, same as you, I thought we blew it. But thanks to good old Motherwell, another crap team for drawn at Ibrox twice this season, so well done eh, a great bunch of lads who have never slagged. <laughs> okay, now moving on to the next question for you guys, which was the best atmosphere at Celtic Park. I think we're just going to have to skip eh, very briefly on this one, because we're all going to say the same thing, aren't we really? If it's eh, a Rangers 3-0 game. Well, I wasn't at that, so I'm not. Rangers 3-0 game, surely. Rangers 3-0 game, I, I think would be my choice. The only other one, the Dark Horse, if you will, was eh, last game of the season. But I, I just, obviously, last day of the season, trophy day, it's always a, a right party atmosphere. Sun's beaming down in Park Key, that's brilliant. But um, that one was, I think you'd said it yourself as well, it was special. It was great. We had the great ones during the nine in a row run, and, and it was fantastic. But I don't know, that one just felt like it was, I had a bit more to it, and folk in the crowd, I'd imagine they'll probably get their season books ripped off them or just let our smoke bombs and flares. Well, mine's is, mine's is uh, different. Uh, I had two, really, I suppose. I, the Rangers game was different for me because I had to go and see my own hospital that night and I ended up only seeing the second half of that game, the one we won 3 nothing. so I had that to deal with. But mine's are uh, the 4-1 game against Hearts at the end of the season that we'll talk about later and the one against AZ Altmar at the start of the season. That was our first big European game for a while. People forget that Altma were favourites for that game. Good team. They were a good team. They'd done well in uh, Holland the year before. But that was the first time, really, that I thought Ange is going to do something with us. I didn't think we'd win the league then. 
but I thought we'll, we'll at least challenge. But that was a great night. The atmosphere was great. It was like the first big European game of Celtic with fans for a long time. I mean, the, the Michelin, if I pronounced that properly, correctly, that was still only like, like only 20% full or something. That was when we still had the restrictions. But Altmar, like the restrictions were away. Thank you, Scottish Government. So, uh, <laughs> I remember that. The atmosphere was brilliant. I might even get the guy for BBC commenting the game on Celtic TV. I think Guy Mowbray. Guy Tony Mowbray. Guy Tony Mowbray. I think the game we done before that was the Euro 2020 final. So for Wembley to Parkwood, I think we know what the better atmosphere. But no, I mean, that goal that uh, Kyogo scored for Wogic's cross, that was brilliant. And that was a great performance. And no, for the games that I've been to this season, Hearts, the one we went to, and I'll talk about that game a bit again later. That was a great atmosphere, especially at the end. I mean, yeah. I didn't cry yet, for example, but I still had a good day. <laughs> Dungeon United, when we scored that winning goal, I mean, that, I was going to leave, unbelievably, yes, I'd lost faith in Celtic. But I walked down, like, near the bottom, just to leave, and then I saw the goal, like, for a great view, so that was great, and the, the atmosphere after the goal was brilliant, the fans just singing non-stop. And, as I say, Altman, I think that was the first time like we really, I mean, St. Johnson, that St. Johnson 7-0 game, that atmosphere was good, and Ross County, we beat them 4 nothing as well, they, they were good atmospheres because they went to the game as well. But a lot of the games I went to were like close games, like that Hearts one on the Thursday night, mm-hmm. when uh, Kyogo scored. scored and Robin Nielsen with a complete titty sell after it. Not like him, No, and the Motherwell one, the game before the lockdown, remember? I think it was the, game, the last game at Celia Power for all of them, when Rogic scored that brilliant set. Mate, was up front. Aye, with so many injuries, aye. But they were close games and the atmosphere wasn't that great, but no, definitely Hearts, the last game of the season was a great, no, the last, second last home game of the season, the last one I went to, was a great day, but no, the atmosphere at Atma was brilliant, that really did show that Silver were doing something. Can I just interject very quickly before we go back to yourself, Stevie, if we're talking about early round European qualifiers this season, Jablonic, when I ran on the park, oh, <laughs> it was right up there. <laughs> Wait, was that when apparently you COVID as well? I had COVID as well that night. I was a, I was a double, double threat. I, anyway, I thought you had COVID when we played Rangers. I fucking always got it. I've got it right now. Yes, and minority saying you made the huddle board in that game as well. I did indeed. That was a, a fun experience. <laughs> okay, well, my it was the atmosphere against Rangers for myself, simply because into that game it was the most confident I've ever been against Rangers the crowd were so intense and frenzied to the point where like it inspired the players from kickoff. but like Borna Barisic who was a Croatian international just did not want to be there that night getting into that game you just knew we were going to win there was no doubt about it you actually felt the game was ours Rangers were muttering and stuttering on their way um, in the past since the winter break they drew with Aberdeen I think I think they also Drew Ross County. Drew, I think that obviously was one of the games that changed the season. Um, but yeah, it was the, the game against Rangers. Celtic Park at night time against them is special. And it's just an absolute shame that they're a rarity. We're probably not going to get another nighttime game against Rangers, maybe for a few years or something. Very, very brief interjection. Do you think that first half performance is your best ever performance against Rangers in a most, derby? I think it's the most aggressive because. For an Ange team as well, with Hattati getting into 50-50s, McGregor was like an animal that night. And as well as his first game back after injury, and you know, you had Matt O'Reilly snapping as well. So I would say it was our most aggressive and it was a joy to watch. But what annoyed me was, well, I think I get it right. This is a different point, but obviously Rangers, the reason we were so dominant, they went toe-to-toe, they went 4-3-3 with us. And then they changed it after that. They realised, well, for the next two games, I think the cup final, and then in the game in the 1st of May, they went 4-2-3-1. We still should have won them though. They still should have, but when they have Jack and Lundstrom in there, they were very different. So I think that was why we were the most aggressive against them. They were very passive. I don't think we'll ever see them be like that again, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. So yeah, it was, that was by far the best atmosphere. Yeah, this is where Spunk Phone's no doubt going to be loving this one. The best music moment at Celtic Park. Well, I know mine, John. I don't know yours. I, I thought I mine the day. Right. Spunk Phone, come on. Like, I, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder here because I've... I'm hoping that one of you will say roll with it after the 3 0 game because that's right up there for me and it wouldn't have been thought until the final day of the season. Half time whistle blows, we're going into half time, right? There's smoke bombs, pyro, all sorts going off, right? 
and the wonderful Celtic Park DJ decided to hit us with a Harry J bootleg of still into you. And you know, there's video footage, I'll retweet some of it as well for the listeners to, to enjoy uh, once the podcast is released later on. Um, at the full of Parkhead bouncing man, I'm talking at the full standard section, bottom tier, folk going wild. Probably the best atmosphere that Paramore have, have ever had and they weren't even there. It was just sensational, so that for me, number one. Um, but as I say, roll with it was a, a close second. Who's Paramore? Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Hayley Williams, one of the greats. One of the greats. Not as good as the Mexican one, but she's up there. <laughs> right, John, give me your best music moment at Celtic Park. Mine's is, again, that Hearts 4-1 game that me and you went to. And it's the Daft Punk Classic, yeah. one more time. For the record, that was my number one Oh, ah, well, there you go. We, they played it at the end of the game, but Ange and the players did their sort of lap of appreciation because that game, well, just about one is a league, basically. And I thought that was brilliant because, again, it, sh- it showed that how everybody is like, we're always at our best, cliche like when everybody is like united and coming together. I mean, it's more fun when we're in Listen, we don't get on. That's true. Here, so. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's more fun when we're in a crisis, but it's best when um, everybody's united again. And that was like at the end of the game. I mean, Ange. I suppose I really saw Ange like sort of demonstrate of tennis. I know he's a sort. He doesn't really. Like, well, I mean, apart from the final day, and I've only saw clips of that because because everybody knows I was near the game. But it really was like demonstrative of law and celebrating. And I think he's the sort of guy that likes to keep out of the spotlight. I mean, even when we won the the cup, the league cup at Hamden. They wanted to make all the players, but no, I thought that was great, and the lap of honour at the end was fantastic. That is the favourite game I've been to this season. Not just so I went with you, Stevie, of course, but no, that is the best game I went to this season. I loved that, even though the first half an hour was terrible, and you were in a right panic about it because we started so badly, but... I was, wasn't I? You were. Uh, you were like, we need to make these changes at the whole time, we need to bring this guy on, bring this guy on. We were 2-1 ahead in it as well, of course, for the end of the first half due to that wonderful goalie Craig Gordon who's banned from Gigboard but no that was great at the end of the game in fact every, the entire end of that game was brilliant I think they played other songs as well I don't really remember them but that's the one I remember most and of course I definitely was not in tears you didn't cry twice that day never but uh, no definitely uh, Daft Punk one more time after we beat Hearts last one right, brilliant well, day and all of that. Well, I thought this was the end of the awards do and me Spunkphone and Rizzo can uh, have it large but apparently you want to talk about one other Moment. What was yours? Was yours hearts as well? I was Alright, okay. Alright, okay. Well, <laughs> my award is what was the game you were most drunk after? So. <laughs> very highbrow conversations. Okay. Very highbrow for a guy with an honours degree, which I've got. But that's a, sort of, that's a lowbrow kind of guy I am. But what was the most drunk you were after a game this year? Takes it away, John. We've talked about this game a lot, and it was our most downloaded podcast. The 2 1, after the 2 1 win over Rangers. Me, you, and at least three unnamed individuals. I think you may be right. Can we also mention one unnamed individual who, by the way, might be joining Gigpod next season full-time, taking the pressure off me. I'll explain it after, alright? What, what's, his, what's his initials? Never mind what his initials are. <laughs> can't even talk about him. Anyway, right, okay. He could be joining Gigpod full-time, but regardless, we do have to say... He took us to one of the worst pubs of all time. Oh, yeah, that oh, yes. was. No, that was a great night, with the exception of going to a terrible pub, thanks to someone who we won't name. The social. The social, yes. It, oh. For one drink. <laughs> no, the most drunk I was this season was after the, the Rangers game. The 2-1-1, where we went to... We went to news, but and We went to both news. We went to the, the one in Union Street to watch the game. Which was great. Then we went to was it the social after? We go, no, we went. Did we go somewhere after that? Well, we went to the news merch. We went to the news merch to say after that. Me, you, and an unnamed individual, and it was a great night. And as I said before, I did fall twice. Get up the road. I don't have any recollection. And get up the road, and I think I ended up getting even more drunk when I got home. But no, that was a great night. Best selling night I've had in a long time. And that was the most drunk, highbrow topic I was this season. Spunk phone. When were you the most drunk? Amazingly, after the 2-1 at Ibrox, actually a, a bit of a quiet one, John. I was, oh. I was completely sober watching it and after as well. Um, most drunk hours all season probably would have been the 3-0 game on a school night. I know, disgraceful. Um, I actually had a job interview the next morning. 
um, scheduling for 10am, which needless to say I did not make, but that's a story for another time. Um, but as I, I kind of alluded to earlier on, I went to a certain West End establishment, we were not back because one of us, myself, had <laughs> colours on <laughs> under a jacket, and um, after that I ended up back at my mate's house, and I think it was maybe 6, 7 in the morning by the time I left, so... It was a quiet night at the library. <laughs> Not. No one of your very odd choice again. Yeah, because I have been wrecked after a fair few games <laughs> this season. I've done most of my most of my social lives this season has been centered around Celtic the way it probably should be. But it was actually against Hearts at the start of the season in the League Cup game. Sorry, the Premier Sports Cup game. When we won 3-2. Not even the league game, where you would have been drowning your sorrows like we were that night. No, we should have won that game like 10 or 11-2, yeah. it was ridiculous. I don't know how we didn't score more, but it turned out to be a 3-2 win, it flattered hearts. But myself, Hamish, a couple of unnamed individuals, <laughs> and heart, notable Hearts fan Robert Borthwick, oh. were all out after it, and we, what was meant to just be a, a couple of drinks turned into a bit of a riot till like 2 in the morning or something. Um, we went to that bar Amsterdam to like 12 and then and it was a, a school night as well it was a Sunday night and then we went I can't remember when we went after it but I, I remember starting the next day at half eight or something and I was like nearly in tears uh, when my alarm went off at quarter past eight so I see I can understand me and him because it's after we beat Rangers and everybody's got a tendency to go mad when we beat Rangers but oh, a, a third round League Cup game Look, it was only because we were back at Celtic Park for the first time. Is that your first game back? Eh, good question. Was it? I think it may have been. Because I wasn't at the Jablonic game. And I didn't go to AZ. Did I go to... No, actually. I think mines would have been... St Mirren one, I'm sure. Oh, was it as well? Yeah. That 6-0 game. Aye. Tumble, but, huh? Tumble, yeah, but because okay. it was like the first time proper full Celtic Park against Scottish opposition, I think um, we just went out and made a day. So I, there you go. There's your answer. So I will create all the Twitter responses for what we've just talked about, which was favourite game, game you hated the most, best atmosphere and best music moment. And I'm going to discuss it on the Instagram video um, for like a 10 or 15 minutes one. So... There you have it everyone, despite the doubts, it's possible for the three of us at GigPod to get together face to face, enjoy a drink, record for your listening pleasure and not get into a fight with each other in the process. It's only taken 117 episodes to prove that, but, st- but still, um, anyway, like we'll still have weekly content for you all, as I explained in the recent Instagram video at Celtic Park. I have to say I'm enjoying much more than Twitter doing that, but mainly because Wido responses and cheek are an absolute minimum, but enough of it's bunk one. So, <laughs> thanks to everybody who voted here, and we will reiterate, like, GigPod is already possible because of the listeners, and simply the support that we've had all last season has been genuinely appreciated by myself and Reed, so I can't speak for Spunkphone, um, but I'm sure he'll agree after a couple of more pints that you guys are all truly one of the greats. So this is the bit where I get to stop talking. I'm going to let Rizzo and Spunkphone say a few words, and sort it among themselves for an outro. Uh, an outro. Because frankly, I've done enough here. So take it away, boys. Spunk phone, say something. Well, first off, I just want to congratulate all the, the, the wonderful fans on coming to the right conclusion when it came to the legend of the year award. <laughs> um, and I will very much enjoy the bonus content on this special edition DVD of the Football Factory. As Stevie touched on there, it's only possible because of you, the fans. <laughs> oh, um, thanks for that, Brendan. And it's been an absolute, an absolute pleasure been on the pod this season um, and I'm now going to hand you over to my good colleague John Reid to do his uh, wonderful, now iconic sign off. Thank you Spunkphone and yes thanks to the listeners who make us what we are, three men talking about Celtic every every week for nearly like two years now and we love doing it of course and you know where to get us now and all the usual podcast platforms and I mean, Stevie will do a, a video on Instagram this week. Well, was it this week, yeah, talking about? Yeah, I'll probably record one maybe tomorrow, put it out on Monday or something for what I just tweeted out about what people thought was their best of last season. So, yeah. And also, as well, I've now figured out how to do images and music before GigPod videos. So, the quality will be going up. You'll be spent an absolute fortune to make Instagram better. So, keep your views going up just for that. 
But uh, you know where to catch us in all the usual places. Follow Stevie on Instagram, at GigPodForm on Twitter, at Instagram. He's not going to be on 67 Hill Hill for a while, because Hamish is on holiday for the first time in ages. But we'll be back on it soon, I'm sure. But you know all the places to get us now. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for all your votes. We'll be back soon when certainly we more stuff happening and Stevie will do videos I'm sure every week on Instagram but we'll speak to you all soon anyway thanks everybody for listening and hail hail Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.